$1 million. If you are looking to win $1 million tonight playing fantasy sports and betting, the combination of the two of them, the beautiful DFS, hey, we've got you covered. $1 million, Monday Night Football, the bets, the props, the DFS breakdown right here, right now. Let's jump right into it. Let's start it off up top with Mr. Nicholas Chubb. Nick Chubb, who may be Kareem Hunt return center. I'm currently projecting in Kareem Hunt, but for Nick Chubb specifically in this matchup, it is going to be one where if there's anything the Pittsburgh Steelers can somewhat still do, it's get defensive stops and pressure with their front. Now, it's not great, but it's the one thing, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, that they still got going for them. Nick Chubb is a running back that at this price tag of 11600 He's going to have to do some. He's going to have to find the end zone. A man who only has a 60% opportunity share, but a team that wants to continue, especially with Baker Mayfield separated shoulder, by the way, too run the ball i'm expecting 16 to 18 rushing attempts based on my projections he's had four targets in three of his last four games although kareem hunt has not been playing in those games and he has not been running plenty of routes it just so happens to be more so coincidence like he's still running just 10 to 12 routes a game with the Ernest johnson and Demetrius felton out there doing their thing as well these last few games so nick chubb for me early on a man who projects out as my highest projected player on the slate but he should at that price tag up top that 30 old price tag of 11,600. come on ex expenses will pinch him pennies in this economy Hey, Nick Chubb for me, he's in play, of course, on a showdown slate, a man who's an elite athlete and maybe the best pure runner in football, but he's not a strong priority. I'm not starting my builds today saying I need to get Nick Chubb in there. The next man up, the running back from the Pittsburgh Steelers, leads the NFL in opportunity share, targets and touches of his percentage of his team's backfield. 88%. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. That's a big old number, right? He ranks number one in overall targets with 5.8. He has five or more targets in five of his last six games. Najee Harris has a strong floor. Najee Harris has no competition. Najee Harris suffers from the fact that his team stinks, a 19.25 team implied total, but I have Najee Harris projecting out for very similar projection to Nick Chubb. Now, that being said, I have Nick Chubb coming in also higher owned. Higher owned, my projections, my ownership, my, my optimizer, all that stuff, you can check it out down below if you would like to. You can check it out all down below. Sharing it with the people in the streets. Right now, I have Nick Chubb for a higher price tag, a similar projection, and a higher ownership projection than Najee Harris. If you're choosing between the two of these guys, I would lean to go right now where ownership lies to Najee Harris. Neither of them, though, are the priorities that I want to get to. When I saw that these running backs were this price tag, I said to myself, oh, baby. I said to myself, oh, baby, this is lovely. This is lovely that these running backs who are, find it more difficult to get to their ceilings are all the way up at this price tag, especially where Nick Chubb doesn't have an elite pass-catching role and target share like potentially Najee Harris could to bail you out with a six-catch, 30-yard game and, and get you those nine secure points. No, 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 no. We don't get that. So we get automatic discounts, in my opinion, on the rest of the slate. And that starts right here with Deontay Johnson, a man who, yes, I get it. Over the last few games, it has been bad as the season has gone on and Big Ben has turned into a potato chip, not the potato. No, we'll give him a little bit more credit to future hall of fame quarterback a potato chip deontay harris has three games straight of not great performances right three games straight right now below 80 receiving yards it's not looking great but he still has on the year a 29 percent target here he still has 10.3 targets per game which is as elite as it gets in the nfl i mean we're talking borderline that's top five usage for a wide receiver in the nfl and we can't ignore that we can't ignore top five usage for a wide receiver on a showdown slate when we know we know and if you don't know now you know right right if you don't know, now you know wide receivers on showdown slates have massive ceilings. It's a one-game slate. When they have that target share, yards per reception are much higher than yards per carry compared to running backs. They have higher ceilings. 
get it there in one play way more often. So the future third round pick who played special teams out of Toledo to start his career off for the Pittsburgh Steelers is looking fantastic. And even though, even though the, the overall yardage and the fantasy points have dropped these last few games, still seeing 10, 5, and 9 targets over those last three games. So the overall volume is going to be there still. We like Deontay Johnson on the slate. So if I'm choosing to start my lineup with one of the running backs or Deontay Johnson, at least early on, and be sure to get into the live stream at 6 p.m. East Coast time later today, we'll be going live. We'll be building a millionaire maker lineup for the community. We did that yesterday and it was a good old time. So be sure to get in there. Be sure to track it later. But as of right now, Deontay Johnson is a priority. And now this is the interesting part of this league, the very interesting part. The stinky old quarterbacks that the media narrative on both of them is that Baker Mayfield is toast. He's done. Should the Browns even bring him back? The man playing with a separated shoulder. The Big Ben narrative is, and probably rightfully so, not playing so well. This is probably his last year, potentially his last game, I believe, now in Pittsburgh, like within the city itself. Lovely city, by the way. If, if Pittsburgh was not in the Northeast, I'd consider living there. But man, oh man, is it cold. So Big Ben and Baker Mayfield. It's interesting here. Quarterbacks give you somewhat of a solid floor. Somewhat of a solid floor, I say, because Big Ben over the last couple of games in Baker Mayfield have not been that great. Baker Mayfield coming off of a four-interception game. Big Ben now has back-to-back -back games below 12 fantasy points, and not only below 12 fantasy points, but he's averaging 5.9 and 4.5 yards per attempt. It's terrible. There's no downfield usage at all these last few games out there. So what does this mean? Well, it means that you have to hold your nose on this slate. You have to hold your nose because when you get a quarterback below $10,000, it's a kiss. It's a chef's kiss on a showdown slate because of how secure their volume is. Big Ben might throw 40 times today. He might throw 35. That's great volume for the price tag. Baker Mayfield, 9,200. When you're getting these quarterbacks this cheap, I'm not saying to play both of them, but I'm saying that there's a really good chance that one of them, if they can put up a 15, 16, 17, 17 point day, and I'm projecting them for both between 15 and 16 points, it becomes more likely, especially with expensive running backs on the slate, that one of them will be in play. So I'm interested in both quarterbacks today. If I had to choose one of them, I'll take Baker Mayfield. You get a slight price discount. He projects out for about a point more for me. So numbers wise, it makes sense. If you're talking just athletic wise, more mobility, he might not throw as much. Like Big Ben has a easier path to having 40 attempts in this game. I would say that Baker Mayfield on the season, a man who's averaging about 29 attempts per game to Big Ben's 37, but Baker Mayfield takes more downfield shots, Donovan Peoples-Jones, more volume now going to Jarvis Landry, who's an efficient wide receiver, maybe a couple routes run and you get the tight ends all back now, all three, maybe a couple routes run, seven to eight for Anthony Schwartz, who could be a burner to rookie, rookie downfield. So if I had to choose one, I would lean Baker Mayfield right now. The ownership projections on these guys are pretty comparable. Right now, I have Baker Mayfield at 48% owned and Big Ben 46%. So all things pretty similar. I like both quarterbacks, not both of maybe the same lineup that might cap your upside with these two but baker mayfield if i'm choosing between one of them but both of them are in play depending on your total lineup built now we start to transition into a a, a range where things are going to start to happen people you get some lovely players some lovely receivers and that's where the upside is and the easier path to production in my opinion is i mean running backs if they score touchdowns sure but if running backs aren't scoring touchdowns it's very difficult for them to compete at least with the upside of a wide receiver when you're just looking at it before the slate starts and we can start that off with jarvis landry i mean jarvis landry has been playing as well as any wide receiver maybe in the league over the last month in terms of his efficiency metrics. I mean, on this team alone, he led the team last week with seven targets. Over the last four games, he's had 33 targets by far leading the team right now. And it's resulted in 14, 15, 15, and nine and a half fantasy points. And that's playing with a really bad quarterback who's playing injured with a separated shoulder. Jarvis Landry gets the benefit. And not only that, not only that, but Jarvis Landry's upside is really tapping in right now. Jarvis Landry has lovely upside because he used to just be a slot receiver. He used to just go in the slot. Now, lately, the last month or so, when this production has started to spike up Jarvis Landry is not just playing 60% of his snaps meaning that in three wide receiver sets he goes in the slot he is now playing 80 to 90% of the snaps he is staying on the field Donovan Peoples-Jones on the outside and Jarvis Landry now on the outside so if he starts to play 20% more snaps in a game that's why you're seeing his volume rise from these five and six target games 
earlier in the year to eight and 10 plus target games. So the upside is there and it's not really built into this price point just yet. So I like Jarvis Landry's number tonight. I like it against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I think it looks pretty good. On the opposite side, you get Chase Claypool, who the way that this slate is priced out, I really like it. I really like the way this slate, you get the two quarterbacks in the 9K range. Again, I think one of them will be in a winning lineup, if not both, but one. And then you get one player in the 8K range. Landry looks good. One player in the 7K range and one player in the 6K range. So you're kind of candy picking here. It's really easy to get different by leaving. You can just go instead of saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave some money on the table. I'll go off of Landry to Chase Claypool. I leave $800 more on the table. Now I'm a little bit more unique because most people in that situation would choose Landry. Bada bing, bada bing. Now you have a unique lineup and you're trying to win the million dollars tonight. Chase Claypool last week saw his snaps and routes at a four-week high. 81% snaps, 33 routes. It was very good to see as he operated as the clear wide receiver too because some weeks lately, honestly, it's been like Ray Ray McLeod sneaking in there, a James Washington sneaking in to cut his routes out. Not this week. Cody White last week, but not cutting away from Chase Claypool. He saw six targets last week and he's seen six or more targets in four of his last six. Now, the biggest thing for Chase Claypool, and we kind of hinted at this earlier, Big Ben's yards per attempt all season long has been terrible, but lately it has been god awful. If you've watched the last two or three, god awful. Where does Chase Claypool win? The big 225 pound uh, Mapletron right out of Canada receiver, six foot four. He wins downfield. He wins in the red zone. And the Steelers aren't getting to the red zone often. And they're doing these Deontay Johnson short pitches. You're getting more Ray Ray McLeod, which is short to intermediate routes. You're getting Deont Najee Harris seeing five or six targets a game in the backfield. So unfortunately, unfortunately, Chase Claypool, his downfield usage, his big size and body, it's not being used to his advantage. He's going to have a difficult matchup potentially. On it. Now, the, all of this said, it's a showdown slate. It's a one-game slate for a very talented big receiver who has red zone upside and is still seeing volume in this offense and just saw a one-month high in his overall usage in the offense. So all of that being said, it's going to lead to a lower ownership number on Chase Claypool, which I think gives us a leverage spot here. Chase Claypool is coming in right now for me on a showdown slate in my ownership projections on Patreon.com. Go get him at only 28% owned. That is very low. I mean, compared to Landry, 46% owned. Compared to other guys ahead of him, 50-plus percent owned. So Chase Claypool, because of the leverage opportunity it gives us, he's going to be a yes for me. So beautiful people out there. I like that range of Landry and Claypool. I like both of those guys. I think they are both captain options tonight. I, I do. I really do believe that. Now, that being said, we could talk about the captain options, by the way. Hold tight. And now, that being said... Before we keep going, I'll let you know about the props that I like the most tonight. We'll be taking more on the live stream later today, some community props. Claypool, as mentioned, over 34 and a half receiving yards. I have him for 49 receiving yards. I take that over pretty nicely. And then Jarvis Landry, over nine and a half fantasy points. I prefer the fantasy points to the overall uh, volume number of his receiving yards here, although that looks good as well. But I prefer the fantasy points because if he scores the touchdown, he's basically getting there and he has high volume on this team. So that's there. If he has one of these six reception games, he's basically getting there, even though even if it is low volume of 40 yards. So we take those two, right? We take Landry over nine and a half fantasy points. We take Chase Claypool over 34 and a half receiving yards. This is prizepicks.com, the presenting sponsor of the show, the best spot to get any props that you beautiful people out there might want. But the big thing to note is today is the last day the last day of week 17 is today so today is the last day to cash in on two things well one a free bet up to 100 dollars prizepicks.com use the code class and you get my dfs course for free it's a hundred dollar course it's 10 plus hours of dfs videos how to think like a dfs pro daily fantasy sports how to how to use game theory a lot more in what the decisions you're making and not just mash the buttons together last second and oh this guy's a good football player that's that's not how you win in dfs right so if you have any interest in that the last day is today that's it that's it that's it that's it, that's it. We were supposed to end it at Christmas. Price picks say do it through the new year, do it through week seven. All right, fine. We're losing the money. Here's the last day. Go take my money for one last day. Use the code CLASS, C-L-A-S-S. -S. You get a free bet up to $100, and that code last day is today. If you have any interest in doing it, if you're like, hey, I'll do it next week, today is the last day. So there you go. There you go. There you go. 
Now back to your regularly scheduled programmer here. Hey, Pat Fryermuth, the man who's been battling some concussions right now. As of what reports are seeming right now, Pat Fryermuth is expected to go. He's had two concussions over like the last month of the NFL season, though, so could be a little bit scary for Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State, 6,600, the only guy in the 6K range. The usage is not like elite for this dude. Like it's a concussion, so yes, it could very, very, very easily be re-injured, and he can go right back into the protocol, and it could be a real concussion fog type thing, and it's scary. But in terms of like lower body injuries limiting him, it should not be the case. Today. He doesn't have any injury designation today, so it looks like he's good to go. Now, my issue with Pat Frymuth is he's 60. He's pretty expensive. Like he, based on his usage, he only almost has to score a touchdown today for you, right? Like Frymuth probably operating as the tight end one today is going to run somewhere between, in my opinion. 25 to 30 routes and 25 to 30 routes for the far majority of games this year for Pat Frymuth is usually recording somewhere between four and six targets and four and six targets for a guy not operating downfield more of a check down option between the zero to 10 yard range normally for Pat Frymuth is resulting in him getting 30 to 40 yards so what does that mean well I mean if you're getting these games of three catches for 40 yards at seven points at 6600 that's just what a kicker is going to give you he needs to score the touchdown now luckily for Pat Frymuth he has seen two plus red zone targets in six of his last seven games six of his last seven full games if we don't count the games he left with concussion so he is seeing red zone volume when the team gets there right taking away from chase claypool taking away from deontay johnson so at 6600 because of the fact that he does have touchdown upside and he is most definitely factored in to their red zone offense he's in play but he's not a, a strong have to prioritize him i do think he could potentially become a leverage for us today if he starts to dip into the 20 percent range in ownership as the slate locks now the ranges we just talked about are somewhat secure we like the players we like their roles this next range of players is like okay who's just going to score the touchdown to be completely honest with you that's what it is like we're Rashad Higgins is here at 5,600. Rashad Higgins now has 11 targets over his last two games. He's had a strong connection with Baker since Baker's rookie year. I mean, that's a big reason why Rashad Higgins signed a deal to stay in Cleveland last offseason because Baker Mayfield vouched for the guy and liked the guy. Last week, you saw a season-high 30 routes run. He ended up seeing six targets. The problem is that he's $5,600 now. He's $5,600 for the guy who, in a run-first offense, where you have Jarvis Landry, where you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, is going to operate as the slot number three wide receiver, and even the tight ends are probably going to take priority ahead of him. So what are you seeing? Yeah, 11 targets over the last couple of games, but probably more so it's going to see in this game more than average three or four targets to the short to intermediate range at 5600 again this is a man that is touchdown or bust he's not a priority i would prefer pat fryermuth because he has a more defined role in the offense especially in the red zone whereas rashad higgins is the wide receiver three in a heavy run first offense with a not great quarterback you get kareem hunt potentially going to return today he's seeing 13.2 opportunities per game this year a little bit skewed from times where nick chubb missed some time and nick chubb got hurt in games i'm expecting about 10 to 12 touches for kareem hunt here very dynamic player definitely involved in the red zone offense he's the reason why nick chubb isn't a stronger priority for me today because he's going to take away some routes run potentially some red zone touches so he's going to stay in play Kareem Hunt is definitely in play for me over a Rashad Higgins over a next man up Austin Hooper Austin Hooper operates at least uh, at least in a lot of people's minds as the tight end one in this offense but he's been splitting the work with David Njoku the past month to month and a half now over the last five games he does have 27 targets to Njoku's 20 targets the last five that each of these guys have played but lately in terms of routes run it's split right down the middle in terms of snaps it's split right down the middle I do personally think that Baker likes throwing Hooper's way a little bit more but everything you're seeing is that these guys are pretty damn similar so if i had to get pretty defined here and make some hard decisions if you will uh, and hard yeses and nos i would say that elson hooper is a no for me i would also lean that rashad higgins is a no for me i do like in this range it's very similar to the situation with chase claypool in cleveland donovan peoples jones 
a great athlete, big dude, wins downfield, though. You saw it on Christmas Day, potentially. Like, Baker Mayfield was just missing him. People said Donovan Peoples-Jones had a drop. I mean, the man in double coverage is trying to make a diving fucking catch. But at least the nice thing is that Baker Mayfield, a couple times per game, took that shot at Donovan Peoples-Jones. And he's the only guy in this offense for the, uh, the Cleveland Browns, Peoples-Jones, that is going to see that downfield usage. He saw a season-high 36 routes against the Packers. And he saw six targets, only one catch for five yards. He was overthrown a couple times, led to some interceptions. His QB play does not match up with his skill set at all. But just like Chase Claypool, it is one game. All it takes is one shot. Chase Claypool, big body in the red zone. Same for Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones at 5K flat, especially when you compare him to the other guys in his price range. Rashad Higgins is going to run less routes and not as deep downfield. Uh, Austin Hooper is going to run less routes and not as deep downfield. If Donovan Peoples-Jones is running 28 routes today, those dudes are running 20 routes today, and he's seeing 20-plus targets of two or three, and they're seeing zero. The upside is more so there, especially at a cheaper price point for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Next up is Dearness Johnson. Not interested. He'll operate as a, a running back three today if Hunt is active. If Hunt is not active, you're probably going to see about 33% of the snaps, four to six touches at this price tag. Uh, not really much there on the bone. Both of the defenses strongly in play, more so maybe than any other slate. This game has a 41.5 team implied total. Um, one of the lowest that I've seen on the entire season. I have the defenses projecting out for similar to more, slightly more points right now than the kickers. I would prefer the Steelers defense. I know that they have, uh, I know that they're underdogs in this one, but I would prefer the Steelers defense. I just think that Baker Mayfield takes more risks. He takes more risks with a bum shoulder on his other hand, on his other arm, and the Steelers defense matches up at least decently to this Browns team. That being said, they also have a decent pass rush. That being said, both of these defenses look pretty damn similar to me. If I had to choose one, I would choose the Steelers. Both of them, though, uh, are in play definitely for me. And now we get to the range of $4,200 and below, where you rarely see a player. You rarely see Njoku or a player at all in between the kickers and defenses. It's usually just like kickers, defenses, right? Back to back. But Njoku slides in here, and you might miss him at $4,200. I like Njoku at this price tag. Like David Njoku, I just said, you're getting a $1,000 discount off of Austin Hooper, even though David Njoku, he's now ran 20-plus routes in five straight games. He's not seeing insane value value or volume but he's out there he's out there just as much as austin hooper if not more in some of these games eventually that's going to lead to something he has 20 targets four per game over his last five games and he now has six red zone targets over his last six games so i'm sitting here like okay a really freak athlete former first round pick i like david and joko at 4200 he definitely slides into play for me david and joko for me projects out for about six points the defenses are projecting out for about seven points and the kickers are projecting out for close to seven points for me so they're all pretty similar plays except the big elephant in the room my massive man himself and David Njoku has touched on upside and has a much higher ceiling than a kicker and a defense. So if you're playing in GPPs, I would probably start to either secure one of those defenses or Njoku over the kickers. The kickers are fine. It's a very low scoring game. It could lead to a lot of field goal attempts. They're both just okay. Neither of them are priorities, but they are both in play. It just kind of depends on where you want to spend the rest of your money. The rest of this slate now is the 3K and below range, which there's really only a handful of guys that you could even really mention. Like Raymond McLeod has to be in play at 3,400. They continue as Big Ben continues to struggle to increase this man's role. He has now ran 20 plus routes in four straight games. He has 23 targets over that time almost six targets per game now they're not downfield targets but hey if you're 3400 you catch four balls for 30 yards you're performing outperforming or similar to the kickers and defenses for a cheaper price tag and you have more built-in upside but the problem right the dark side of ray ray mcleod is he doesn't run downfield routes right he's like ryan switzer who used to be on this team uh it's just these short to intermediate routes literally like a, a, an extension of the run is scat back so he hasn't topped 10 points in these last five games that's your concern but if he's getting you seven or eight or nine points right
great. There's always touchdown upside. He's definitely involved in the offense. You're going to get 25 routes out of Raymond McLeod. He took the job of James Washington because James Washington, where does he win? He wins downfield. They already have one of those guys in Chase Claypool, and it's pretty damn obvious that that's not helping when Big Ben is your quarterback. So unfortunate for James Washington, he's seeing less routes. It's leading to more Raymond McLeod on the field for these short to intermediate ranges. So I personally believe that Raymond McLeod is strongly in play. Now, the rest of these value guys, I think they're overpriced. Harrison Bryant's going to operate as a tight end three. He has not topped 14 routes on the entire season. Now, he's had a touchdown in back-to-back games, so that's increasing his price tag and maybe giving you false confidence in him. If he doesn't score a touchdown, there's no way he does anything, right? He's going to, more so than not, run 10 routes today, see zero to two targets, and if he doesn't score a touchdown, have one catch for 14 yards, something like that, right? So he's not in play. James Washington, I just mentioned. James Washington operated as the wide receiver five in their last game. Cody White, a preseason name. Cody White, a player who did well in the preseason to an extent. Cody White is a player now who's coming out here running more routes than James Washington. He has seen his snaps now reduce in each of the last seven weeks, and that is not because of James Washington. If only he went earlier in the year, like when there was news that he wanted to leave, if only he went to a good team with a good quarterback, right? So James Washington, his role just doesn't fit with this quarterback, and they can't have two guys running downfield with Big Ben not being able to hit them at all. So he's not really just staying on the field because of that. It's tough to get there. Anthony Schwartz, the rookie, the burner, the man who's been banged up so far this year, he has not topped seven routes run all season long. He only has 18 routes and three and two targets over his last three games. He operated says the wide receiver four in a pass first and a run first offense. So no thank you, Anthony Schwartz at 1400. Zach Gentry, expect tight end usage two. Tight end two usage with Pat Fryermuth back. Expect 10 to 15 routes, zero to two targets at $800. If you were looking for a player at $3,000 or below, I would say Gentry is your guy. That said, I am fully expecting a one catch 12 yard performance out of Zach Gentry. It is tough to get there, but if you're looking for anybody below $3,000, he's the dude. Demetric Felton, definitely not in play. If you see any Kareem Hunt out there, he won't see any carries. He'll operate, maybe not even be active. I mean, Felton kind of ran as a wide receiver in the last game. He ran about 10 routes. He'll see zero to two targets. They're not going to be deep downfield unless he gets a a, a, a random touchdown or he breaks one long. You're not going to get much here out of Felton. So that's where the slate is. The slate does have value. The kickers and defenses are definitely play and Joku's in the 4k range and Raymond McLeod is in the 3k range it just doesn't have that dirt cheap below a $3,000 below $1,000 value but that's fine the last Monday Night Football slate of the year a million dollars to first we're going to build a lineup on the live stream later today and if we hit and we make money on that well we're giving it back to the community we're giving it back money to the community so thank you for tuning in today use that code class on prizepicks.com it is your last day to take advantage people of this offer code class free bet up to $100 combined with the free dfs course and then that's it if you want to get it tomorrow if you want to get three it's our we got the hard stop today thank you for tuning in if you have not yet already and you like this channel and you enjoy it double check to make sure you are subscribed to the channel appreciate you all a ton the golf betting network content also starts today on the golf betting network my separate network that i'm launching starting today as the golf in 2022 kicks off so that's going to be linked in the description below if you like golf if you like dfs in general and you want to explore into golf where they have insanely high prize pools every single week it is very very fun cut sweats all that stuff the golf betting network starts today so show your boy some support go over there subscribe it's linked down below in the description you all rock i'll see See you when I see you, gang, and I'll see you all in the next one.